there's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always follow the, follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Here we go. Welcome in to Follow the Money on VSIN, the sports betting network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard, live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Big show lined up over the next three hours in a half an hour from right now. Nigel Seeley is going to join the program. Paulie, it is uh, Wimbledon season coming up um, beyond this weekend, and he'll give us his best bets on the men's and the women's side. And uh, we'll do a lot of NFL today and plenty of NBA free agency as it begins today at 6 o'clock Eastern, which I prefer. I always thought it was funny when they would do it at like at 9, uh, 9 o'clock Pacific yes, time or yes. midnight on, and 12.01, like Timothy yeah. Mozgov signs for $65 million. They're like, well, good. That, that didn't take very long. Um but the latest news now goes back to last night and James Harden opting in to a one-year, $35-plus million contract with the Philadelphia 76ers. And as soon as that happened, the entire NBA world was buzzing. Well, they didn't give him an extension. They're not going to keep him. He's going to want to trade. And where does he go? Two teams popped up immediately. The Knicks, which, forget about it, I would hate the idea of the Knicks making a move for him at this point. Mm-hmm. And the move that seems most plausible at this point, I think, of the game would be for him to go to the Los Angeles Clippers. That's yep. the way it sounds like they they could do that and they could have a, you know, a starting five that consists of Russell Westbrook if they want to bring him back, James Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. There you go. I didn't see this coming. And, and good for these teams that are saying no Harden, no Kyrie, and there's no marketplace for him. I can't believe he opted in. And he has played his last game as a sixer, likely. And say what you want about the league. It is interesting, and they control it. There's, they're always in the news for at least 10 months out of the year. And this, this, this opens the door for a lot of things. You're right. Does he go to the Clippers? Maybe. And the Clippers are desperate because they are so frustrated. And Ballmer and everyone with that organization of, we gave all this up, and you guys are never healthy. So we can never realize the potential, and we only have one trip to the conference finals and, and this could help out with, okay, if Kawhi or George get hurt, at least we have Harden. But then does Lillard wind up at Philly? You know, because you're going to be, Embiid might look around and say, my God, I have Maxie and Tucker? That could happen. That, that, no, no way. And I might just say, this is it. And there's a lot of pressure on Maury, too. Uh, what could happen? Does this also open the door for Embiid to the Knicks? Does Embiid decide to leave? But also, could Embiid stay and could this get Lillard to Philly, and I think the fans would love Lillard in Philly. Oh, he would be a, a rock star. star. Oh, absolutely. In Philly. Totally agree. Yeah. And they would have the best offer on the table, as far as I'm concerned, which would be maxi, picks, and expiring contracts. And I think if I'm Portland, I would have to, to think about that long and hard, other than that package that Miami could offer. Well, but I would, but, but this, is, this, this could lead to all sorts of things now. Immediately, as soon as you said Tyrese Maxey's name would be in that deal, that trumps any package that the Heat could put together 
yeah. or any package that the Nets could put together for Damian Lillard. Tyrese Maxey is a, he's a star in this league as far as I'm concerned. He is awesome. Yeah. And in fact, I would hate the Sixers to say adios to him. But if they're going to bring in a guy like Damian Lillard, they're probably going to have to involve Maxey in some sort of a return. Uh, Maxey's really, really good. And Portland, I think, would be smart to explore a deal like that if they could actually come. And then they maybe would come out smelling like roses. Yeah. But then that would also do, you know, that puts up the power rating for the Philadelphia 76ers even a step higher because Lillard is pretty much as good as it gets in this league. And to team him with Embiid, and they, then you're also saying to Embiid, we can't take the chance of you bolting after next year mm-hmm. because there are already rumors and speculation about that happening, which I could buy into. This is what Sam Amick wrote about James Harden in The Athletic. Harden wants to play for the Clippers, and the Sixers are already in the process of discussing his desired move. Harden is, according to sources, extremely upset at the way in which the Sixers handled the possible free agency and has made his uh, dissatisfaction clear to the organization. Well, they fired Doc Rivers because he didn't like him. Uh, and then, but the Sixers said, we're not going to sign you long term. There's not a future for you here long term. Right. So he got all hot and bothered and said, okay, well, that's it then. Does Maury th- finally, this was because Maury has built his whole career around this guy. 100%. And he goes, that's it. And he's got t-shirts off him that he wears. But he, <laughs> Harden, Harden has three trade work requests since 2020. That's as, as many as series wins, playoff series wins. It's three and three. Harden, Durant, and Kyrie have seven trade requests in the last two years. And I know Brian Winhorst talked about a little bit today on his podcast about maybe if you had to do it all over again, they would have decided to run it, run it, play it out, what happened in Brooklyn. Because they also, the last two, cost themselves a lot of money in the process because you're seeing there's not a market for Kyrie either. It could be, maybe, hopefully, Philly doesn't get Kyrie. Uh, but that's one scenario that was floated as well. But the door's open for the Knicks. We'll see what happens with Embiid. Uh, I agree with you that the Knicks and Harden would be a bad fit. And we'll see if, if, if Harden winds up with the Clippers, which uh, could happen. I, they wouldn't, I wouldn't give up man, though, in a, in a package, though, either. No. I mean, I, that's maybe Powell and some other guys, too. So it remains to be seen how it's going to play out. But the other thing, it appears the Rockets are all in on Van Vliet, which why Harden didn't have the Houston option either. Would Harden to the Clippers do anything for you in terms of making a bet? That's intriguing, though. I think it helps them out. I mean, who's to say that they, completely healthy, weren't going to beat Phoenix? They were giving them fits before Kawhi got hurt. Yeah. They could have won that series, and then who knows, fully healthy against Denver. Well, but that, if you throw Harden on that team, that's, that's a pretty good team if healthy. That's, I also, that's also the biggest question that you're, you're going to have moving forward anyway yeah. with this team. Yeah. Is that, you know, it seems like, well, Kawhi's always hurt. And the fact that Kawhi and Paul George rarely have ever played together anyway. So you don't know how many games you're going to get out of those two. And also, like James Harden, he's had a great career. I mean, I'm looking at his stats right now throughout like some of the years that he had in Houston. He was ridiculous. But James Harden is a guy who is also, he's been on really good regular season teams. And he's, I think last season against the Celtics summed up who he is in that playoff series, right? Game one comes out, gangbusters, awesome. Right. And they surprise and shock the world. And he wins that, they win that game and he scored 40. Then he had another 40-point game in the series. And for the rest of it, he like threw up duds. And when it matters most, like in game six, where were you, man? That, that's been the MO of your entire career. Yeah. And he's going to be, what, 34 years old? And game seven, where were you? Ugh. That's right. Com- I just, complicated I, legacy, no doubt. Regular season player, fantastic. But yeah. nothing in the playoffs could never count on him and always disappeared. Yep. Right. Um, also news late last night, the Kings, I'm scratching my head at this deal. They gave an extension to Harrison Barnes, three years, $54 million. And as Fran Fraschilla quote tweeted early this morning, he said, I say this all the time to young players. What do you call a role player in the NBA? A multimillionaire. Barnes is now well, think about this for a second. Barnes is now well over $200 million in career earnings. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for him. I just think that the Kings probably could have done better by tying up yeah. 18 million or, you know, I don't year like on him. Yeah, I don't like the move. Yeah, I don't like uh, him. All the money he made in Dallas, too, as well. And then what, what do you have with the Lakers? I mean, can the Lakers get Brown here? Or does Brown stay put and pull like a Portis and decide, uh, I'll get paid the next year and I'll suck it up? I know Malone's been recruiting him hard to stay. And then can the Lakers get a Lopez or somebody like that? I mean, this might be, this also might blow up. This is why this is so intriguing. 
the, the, the Bucks could they could just be a disaster for the Bucks too. That Lopez could leave and other guys. I, I don't know what Middleton does, but between Milwaukee, what's going on in Philly, the door is wide open for the Knicks if they can get a, a star to join them. And now we're going to see a lot of movement here in the East. I'm sorry, but if Lopez goes somewhere else, that window may have closed for the Bucks. Absolutely, I agree with you. I, he That's was what, not. Yeah. He was not just like in the running for Defensive Player of the Year last year. The dude offers, he's a serious threat on the offensive side of the court as well. He's really good offensively. He's a key cog for this team. And if they lose him, that's like chopping off a leg to the Bucks, in my opinion. And they, that takes a serious hit to their overall power rating. The guy's awesome. And I don't know how you can, he's also been there for a long time and knows how to play with all those guys. I, I don't know how you replace that guy. I, I think that's going to be a major loss. And in doing so for the Lakers, they parted ways with Mo Bamba and Malik uh, Beasley and so that freed up basically $12.4 million in a mid-level to go after guys like Brown and Lopez like you talked about. So uh, the Lopez addition to the Lakers, if that were to happen, they, I mean, they think about the size for the Lakers next year. Wow, a great fit. I think that would be a, ma- a massive haul if the Lakers could somehow pull this off and get him. Yeah, they should get somebody. I mean, they go to the conference finals and you have LeBron and AD, so uh, you know they're close. And they could probably say we should be the team to beat if we if we get a couple pieces here and Brown maybe it's Brown if we steal Brown from Denver uh, they have to love their chances to win the West. Yeah. Anything else stand out to you about what could happen today? The Lillard stuff would be so juicy. It would. But the problem is it's going to take a while because Maury's going to take his sweet time with this. But uh, I'm, I'm, I, yeah, the market drew, uh, uh, the market disappeared. No market for Harden. And I, I can't believe the Sixers, specifically Maury, said, we don't see a fit for you here long term. Yep. So what could happen? But it, it really, it, it's fascinating because it opens the door for a lot of different things could happen. Now, in the ideal scenario, it would be either MB to the Knicks, which is a long shot, or if, if Lillard could wind up in Philadelphia. And I'd like to see Harden on the Clippers. I mean, still, that's a, that's a dangerous team with the big if when healthy. I mean, I, so if Harden's your third option, that's, that's pretty good. I think that'd be a blast to watch yeah. when they're all healthy. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I, it's, I'm not going to be running to my app to make a bet on the on the Clippers to win the West next year. I just I couldn't do it. They're they're too unreliable, and I, I don't yeah. know if they're going to be yeah. healthy or not. And then if you put Lopez on the Lakers, or or you get Brown on the Lakers, and it hurts Denver. I mean, a lot's going to happen here in the next couple of days with free agency starting today, and we'll see what type of moves make uh, the moves are made and other stuff that happens around the league. Because this is certainly Minnesota should make a trade too, and where where yep. a cat could wind up. So did we even mention Kyrie's name? This apparently no one wants him, which it, that, that, that's another scenario. What if he leaves Dallas after all of this? That could happen. Oh, no, okay, absolutely. He, he might got, yeah, get nothing for him, and Kyrie just walks. Otani did it again last night. You're up a boatload this month by betting on him. Paulie will tell you all of the staggering numbers coming up next in Win Some, Lose Some. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on VSIN. Great news as VSIN's NFL betting guide came out yesterday to help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with in depth profiles on every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, and proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. You can become a VSIN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and get your newly released. NFL betting guide or take advantage of our summer kickoff special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only 175 bucks. Awesome deal. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. And coming up at the top of the hour, I will tell you about one bet that I wrote about in the vcin guide. It's to win offensive player of the year in the NFL. Our good friend Nigel Seeley joins the program now. Usually we have Mon Talking Soccer here, tennis season. Uh, July 4th next week here in, in the States. And uh, Wimbledon, obviously, underway every single year around this time. Nigel, good morning, mate. How are you? I'm very well. Good morning to you guys. How are you doing? Doing really, really well. So I, we can get into this right out of the gates here. I said before the break, if I know you like I think I know you, there's no way you're going to make a case at Djokovic at his current price. Will he win the tournament? Probably. But minus 165, I'm guessing a tad steep for you to get involved. Yeah, definitely not for me. I mean, if you're a serious better and you're someone who's betting in four figures or you're, or you're somebody who who has got more money to to risk, then obviously Djokovic makes some kind of appeal to you at the prices. I mean, his record here is phenomenal. His record in tennis in the last 10, 15 years is absolutely phenomenal. He's won 23 of these majors, which is it's staggering. No other uh, tennis player on the men's circuit has ever won more majors than Novak Djokovic. He could uh, win a career, a, a calendar Grand Slam, which is something that hasn't been done for a long, long time. Mm. He's already run the Australian Open. He's already won the French Open. And now he goes into Wimbledon, which you could say, along with the Australian Open, is his favourite surf, uh, favourite Grand Slam tournament. He's won the last four Wimbledons. Um, but would I bet him? No, I wouldn't bet him. But if you if you Ask me who I think will win it. No, but Djokovic would be high on my my list of of winners. For me, I think when I ever bet tennis and I, and I and I bet markets like this, I always look for the each way value. So I mean, a lot of Americans have asked me; they don't they've never come to the terms of each way value. When when we started doing this stuff three or four years ago, people was asking me about each way value, didn't understand what that meant. That was basically you would see at the bottom um, the odds there would be half the odds of the player to win the final. So. If someone was 20 to 1 to win the tournament, you would get 10 to 1 for that person to make the final. And I think that's the best way to play this this Wimbledon draw. If you can get that each way or that place part or to make the final odds. Obviously, Djokovic is 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 the number two seed. He's not number one seed this time around. You've got to remember that. Uh, he's in that bottom half of the draw. And you need someone at the top half of the draw who is going to meet him in the final. So, and you'll get a bigger, bigger return for your money. So, for example, last year, Nick Kyrgios was probably 20 to 1 to win Wimbledon. He reached the final, played Djokovic, and you would have got 10 to 1. The year before, Berrettini got to the final of Wimbledon where he got beat again by Djokovic. Uh, I think going into that tournament, uh, Berrettini was about 16 to 1. So you would have got 8 to 1 for him to make the final. Mm-hmm. And those two, if you can get that finalist through, you get a much better price than you do if you eventually bet the winner, because the winner is likely to be Djokovic. And in that bottom half of the draw, so in that top half of the draw where you're looking for the each way value, you see the second favourite in Carlos Alcaraz. And I know Carlos Alcaraz is the future of men's tennis. And he did win the the tournament last week in London where I was at, and he played very, very well. But I think at 3-1, he's, he's far, far, far too short in the betting for me to get involved. I mean, he's he's got a lot to prove on grass. Grass is a very specialist surface. And um, I'm not convinced by Alcaraz, mm-hmm. despite his fantastic quality but I think at three to one he's someone I would oppose so I think from a betting perspective I would look for some really big price guys in that top half of the draw who I think could go deep in the draw and hopefully get through to the final where they they take on Djokovic and then we've got a free bet in the final but we would have collected because we made the part of reaching the final I love that angle Mm. Uh, any names at this point stick out to you 
Well, the draw's just come out. Yeah, and, I know. That's why uh, it's I've tricky. It. This, is, this is the first time since 20, 2003 where Nadal, Djokovic, or Federer hasn't been the number one seed at Wimbledon. So it's the first time in 20 years that, no, that someone outside them three, and we may see a change in the guard. The other thing I probably wouldn't rush to take on Djokovic is that I know he's playing brilliant tennis, but he's 36 years of age, and you know he's just come back. For, he's just won the French Open. He hasn't played since Paris. So that is a... Big, big ask for him to do that at this age and not play. He's the best player, I believe, the best tennis competitor and the best player. Not the most entertaining, but the best player I've, we see. His, his commitment to winning and his, his physique and his mentality is better than anybody. So there is pluses and minuses to bet Djokovic. So in the top half of the draw, I mean, we're looking at we're looking at a section there. So we, we've got the quarter where we've got Alcaraz in the quarter. Alcaraz looks likely to play Holger Rune uh, in the quarterfinals, the, the Danish kid, another young kid coming through. But Holger Rune is, is a player that I just cannot have on grass. So I don't, I don't think Holger Rune will re- reach the quarterfinals. And I think potentially the quarterfinal opponent, I think the Americans will do well here at the Wimbledon. I think the American men will okay. do well. And there's a few American men I like. I think uh, Francis Tiafo. Uh, could could give Alcaraz all kinds of problems if they met in the quarterfinal. Francis TFO came to Queen's Club and didn't play very well because he was absolutely exhausted because he won the, the grass court tournament yeah. the week before. So forget his form at uh, Queen's Club. TFO at a big price to get to the final be someone I'm looking at. I'm looking at alternatives to Alcaraz. TFO, I think Sebastian Corda, I've been very vocal about Sebastian Corda's chances on on, on Twitter and social media. I think Sebastian Corda mm. technically is in the top three or four players currently in the world. I think he's he's that good. He's had a long layoff from injury. He played Alcaraz in the semi-finals at Queens Club on grass. He lost, but tactically Corda was terrible that day. He didn't. He tried to compete with Alcaraz from the back of the court. He tried to outbatter him. You're never going to do that. You have to come to the net. You have to play grass court tennis. I think if they met at Wimbledon, they'll have a different tactic. I think he's got a great chance to to progress deep. I think if you're looking for someone in that bottom of uh, that top of the draw, he's another one. And I think another American who's very, very disrespectful in the prices is Tommy Paul. Um, I saw odds of 400 to one, Tommy Paul. Uh, he's into the semifinals of the grass tour event here in Eastbourne. Mm-hmm. He's been given a very, very favorable section through to the quarterfinals because the, th- the main seeds here in this draw in the top half, other than Alcaraz, are Holger Rune, who I just cannot have mm-hmm. on grass, Daniel Medvedev, the number three seed, who has been on st- stated publicly that he's disliked for playing on grass. The ball doesn't bounce so he likes. He likes the ball to bounce differently. He doesn't like it. And Stefanos Tsitsipas, the number five seed, who at the moment is playing some of his worst ten of his, tennis of his career. So all four of those seeds, I feel, are vulnerable. And I think you could look for the obvious one, Alcrest, but at three to one, I think you, you've got a lot of question marks around him. And I think at big, big prices, the American trio, Francis TFO around about 80 to 1, uh, Tommy Paul, 400 to 1, and Corder at around about 33 to 1, could give you someone who's going to go deep. And if you can get to the quarterfinals or the semifinals, then you're in a great position to hedge. Now, I, I'm the, I don't really like hedging positions, right. as I said before, but if I've got a 400 to 1 shot who who's into the quarterfinals and he's one match away from cashing the 200 to 1 ticket, I'm hedging that play. Um, I wouldn't do it in the final because we've got a mm. free bet. But if you're that close, so if you can get someone deep, you've got a great chance to to make the market. So I think in that top half, those Americans really do make great appeal at, at, at big prices. Only two minutes left. What do you see with the women? And also, does it seem like we're on a, a crazy run here where you're seeing unseated players make it to the finals or the semis? Well, the women's draw is much more competitive than the men's, but there's a big question mark about Iga Sviontek, the pole, the number one, clearly the best player in the world. But on grass, she isn't that. She isn't. She's she's beatable. She's just pulled out of a tournament. She's got through to the semi-finals this morning, and she's pulled out today. Now, whether that's an injury concern, or I don't know, but that is a big worry if you're taking the the three dollars on Sviontek. The draw that she's been given, though, she couldn't have been given a better draw. She's got a fantastic draw. The bottom half of the draw is loaded with quality players. I've already bet Petra Kvitova at 50 to 1. When I saw her play in Miami, I thought she looked good for Wimbledon, but she's been given a hard draw today. In the top half of the draw, Corey Goff uh, has got an easy draw, but she's just got beat by Madison Keys, mm-hmm. which is not great. Kazakina, the, the Russian, is playing exceptionally good tennis. But at a big price, a real big price, I'm going to give you a bit of interest at 100 to 1. I'm going to go for Ludmila Samsonova. 
uh, in the top of the draw. And the number 15 seed, she's around about 100 to 1. The second section of the draw looks the weakest of the whole of the of the of the women's draw. Shrontek is vulnerable. She could bow out early. And I think uh, at a massive price, Samsonova, big server, very, very capable on grass, at 100 to 1. I think she can get to the quarterfinals and give you a good run. All right. That was awesome knowledge, man. Thanks for dropping it here today on the show. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter. He is at Sealy underscore Nigel. Let me guess. You're going to be on a yacht this weekend with Guy Ritchie hanging out, and then you're going to go. That was last. That was, la- that, was, that was last weekend. Oh, silly me. Yeah. Are, are you going to? <laughs> it was my birthday. I was fifty. I'm fifty. It was my fiftieth birthday party tonight. It's tonight, uh, my big party yeah. tonight, and then, and then Monday I'm going to Wimbledon. Oh man, I missed that actually. Well, happy birthday, pal. Are you taking it easy? Very much. No worries. So, yeah, we've got a party tonight, and then uh, a, a bit. I'm out, I'm out. I'm going to see a concert tomorrow, and then Monday, busy two weeks on the, at Wimbledon. All right, pal. Well, enjoy it. Thanks for the time. Thanks very much, guys. Yep. You got it. There you go. Nice Get ready. Steely. Month away from uh, soccer. We're going to need you. He is uh, 50 going on 22. Yeah. As a mic. Well, <laughs> 46 going on 16. So. I saw the tweets. He was getting after yeah. the videos. And surprise, saying, surprise. Yep, huh? yep. All right, it did not cash, but this sport delivers as many sweats as any other sport. I'll tell you what it is coming up here on VSIP. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSIN. Welcome in. Follow the Money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss, Polly Howard with you live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. We are going to begin this hour talking some National Football League. Mike Dettelier has been a frequent guest on this show over the years, and uh, we love talking to him. He's with WWL in New Orleans, and he's covered the Saints, the NFL, LSU, college football, the SEC for many, many years. It's good to talk to you today again, Mike. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Uh, So in the division where you're close to, the NFC South, I think one thing I'm pretty confident in, and that is the Buccaneers have a chance to be really, really bad. I think the other three teams can all be pretty good, but I don't know which one I trust the most to win this division. Do you think it's the Saints to lose? They are the, the shortest shot on the board to win this thing. Or are you looking at maybe Atlanta or Carolina to surprise some people here? I think it comes down to New Orleans and Atlanta. Uh, I'm a big Bryce Young fan, but I'm not going to put my money on a rookie quarterback. I'll be honest with you. And so I think this comes down to uh, what would be crazy, but uh, Saints-Falcons uh, to the end. And I think the Saints have an advantage because of their quarterback situation with Derek Carr. Uh, I would trust him over Desmond Ritter. But you're going to watch what the Falcons do this year. They're going to play keep away from you. They're going to run the football, try to beat you up up front. I think they have the best rookie player to hit the league in Sean Robinson. And they're going to be better on the defensive side the football. So – I think this comes down to the bitter end, and it comes down to Saints-Falcons. I would lean to the Saints only because of the fact Derek Carr at the quarterback spot, and I'll pick him over Desmond Ritter. Yes, I'll agree with that. Uh, They were a disappointment last year. They only won seven games and couldn't get it done. Remember what happened a couple years ago. You were starting Winston, Simeon, and Hill, and you won nine games and almost made the playoffs. So what went wrong last year, and what do you think they can clean up this year to make sure they're a 10-win team and make the playoffs? Okay, um, you did have a guy that I think is going to be an NFL Pro Football Hall of Fame coach in Sean Payton. He made it work. Yep. (laughs) Come on, listen, coaching does matter. And I think Sean, that year, really, other than the 06 year, his first year, I thought that was his best coaching job, his, his final year. With the Saints, he did a great job uh, piecing that together when you had a lot of injuries at the quarterback position, and um, you know Michael Thomas not being there uh, again. He's a huge key for this season. But if you go back to that, Sean, I think was such a difference maker uh, as head coach with Dennis Allen. Offensively, last year you didn't have an identity. 
I think they wanted to be a power football team, but didn't know how to do it. Their offensive line was average at best, hmm. and they've used so many early round picks uh, to try to solidify that. Just didn't get it done. This year, I have the same issue. I'm not sure how good that offensive line is, but I also have another question. They did get better at quarterback with Derek Carr, but defensive line-wise, which at one time was a real strength of this team, is now a question mark. Other than Cam Jordan, tell me what any of the other guys can do. Now, they did bring in Nathan Shepard, Kalen Saunders from Kansas City. He used the first-round pick a few years back on a young man uh, that you still don't know anything about uh, at defensive end. You've used your two first-round picks this year and Brian Brzee, Isaiah Foskey. You're talking about rookie players coming in here up front. That has a lot of question marks. It has a chance to be pretty good, but again, I don't know. They, I think, have the best secondary, cornerback-wise, they've ever had on this team. So it's about health Mm -hmm. and especially Michael Thomas. People don't realize how big of a difference maker he is. We saw him play last year, those first couple games. He tilted the field. That's how good he was. Can he come back and play at that level and for how long? How about the team that doesn't win the division? Can they still get a wild card? No. No? No, I, I think only one team is going to get in from the NFC South. Okay. And that's the winner. Uh, just because when you look at the NFC East and out West, I think that's where the wild card teams are going to end up. Okay, fair enough. Um, so then I'm glad you brought up Sean Payton, by the way. Uh, you watched him and you covered him there for a long, long time as a head coach. He did an amazing job. I mean, it's, it's fair to say that just because of the upgrade at coach, the Broncos are really going to improve. But how much do you think so this year? The question mark down the stretch last year was, is this it for Russ Wilson? Is he done? I don't think so. I think Peyton's going to go in there and probably do a damn good job. Like, what are you expecting in his first year there with the Broncos? He's a winner, and he's going to win there. And he's going to breathe a lot of confidence into that football team. Um, He's innovative on offense. He lets his defensive coaches coach. He takes care of the offensive side, the football. They're going to be a much improved football team. And they, again, in that division, where it's really tough, he is going to be a difference maker. I'm just telling you guys, uh, he does have good talent around him. He's helped himself along the offensive line. Defensively last year, you really couldn't ask him to play too much better, but their offense was so bad. Yep. Uh, they just hung him out to dry. Sean Payton's going to get every ounce out of Russell Wilson. He is going to squeeze that orange and get all the vitamin C he can out of him. And they, he's going to be a much better football player. One thing with Sean, I think he's learned from his days in New Orleans, is to be more patient in the running game. And that's something I want to watch, is how effective they can run the football the Broncos are going to be a very good football team this year. And a lot of it has to do with Sean Payton. Follow the money, Paul and Mitch Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Mike Dettelier, our guest, WWL radio host, does a great job covering the Saints and also LSU. What do you think September 3rd? They have that huge game Sunday night against Florida State. And if LSU can challenge Alabama there and maybe make the uh, SEC title game. I think it's the toughest game they play all season. To be honest with you, this LSU returns. Uh, Jane Daniels, to me, is a really good football player at quarterback. He's a difference maker, and he's gotten better as a passer. We know what type of impact he can make as a runner. You return four of your five starting offensive linemen. You have a signature wideout in Malik Neighbors. Mason Taylor really came up big for them as a freshman tight end. And uh, you probably have in Harold Perkins as big an impact player as I've ever seen at LSU. And I've covered this team over 30 years as a freshman on defense. Um, I don't know how good their cornerback play is going to be. For a team that had that moniker of DBU, Mm -hmm. uh, that's the biggest question mark. If I'm Florida State, I'm coming off the bus throwing the ball. 
<laughs> I think this is going to be a high-scoring game between LSU and Florida State. I would give LSU a slight nod, but this is the toughest team either one of them will play during the regular season. You're calling this tougher than when they play November 4th at Alabama? Well, tell me who's going to play quarterback at that, Alabama. That I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> okay, and that, uh, I hear it all the time because in doing sports talk, oh, next man up. Well, tell me who the next man's going to be. Mm-hmm. Same thing is Will Anderson Jr. and the impact he had on defense. Offenses were gearing their blocking scheme to try to make sure he was not making a huge play. Um, man, Will Anderson Jr. is another guy, and Brian Branch is the other player. Those three signature players for Alabama, who's going to replace them? And Jameer Gibbs last year was their best receiver, even though he played running back. There is no signature player wide out on this Alabama team today. Um, I'm not saying Alabama's not going to be a very good team, but when you got question marks at quarterback as your top pass rusher, your chirper on the second in the secondary, and Jameer Gibbs has got some big moccasins to fill, uh, I think LSU right now is, is a better team than Alabama. Well, it sounds to me like uh, uh, they might not be a bad bet to win that division then or maybe make the SEC title game like 90 seconds last that year. That Georgia. That in Georgia in the East. You look at that schedule, and they're not as good on defense. Right. There's no way they can be. And they don't have nearly the depth they've had the last two years. And you lose Stetson Bennett. Look at that schedule and how they've recruited. I think this is an LSU-Georgia SEC Championship game showdown again. Calling your shot already? I I love it. Uh, Great stuff, Mike. And follow him on Twitter. He is at Mike Dettelier. Again, has covered LSU, the Saints, that region of the country, uh, uh, football for many, many years. Uh, Thanks for the time today. Great insight as always, my friend. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all take care. Be good. Happy 4th. Here's Georgia's schedule, by the way. Tennessee Martin, Ball State, South Carolina to begin all at home. Then UAB. At Auburn, Kentucky, at Vandy. By a week. <laughs> at Florida, Missouri, Ole Miss, they close at Tennessee at Georgia Tech. They will be they will be ten and zero. Yeah, Phil Steele has uh, Florida down this year. Uh, and their good. their margin of victory, their point differential going into the game against Tennessee on the road is probably going to be like four hundred. They are absolutely going to maul teams yeah. on the schedule. Yeah. I agree with, uh, I will give the Saints the edge because I'm not sure about Ritter. I agree with him, and, and he's right about the Alabama question marks, and that is a good triple header to start on Sunday. September 3rd in Orlando, LSU is 3-55.5 and and against Florida State, and you get Rutgers Northwestern and Oregon State-San Jose State, the game's leading into it. And based on what he was saying, 55.5 might be a yeah, little bit right. light with that total. Throw off the bus. Come off the bus throwing. We'll run down last night's uh, betting action and win some, lose some next. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Call She. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating? Or inflation? And a whole lot more. You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to callshe.com slash follow the money. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on v Welcome back. Follow the Money on v the Sports Betting Network. Mitch and Paul live downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino. A uh, huge day today in the NBA. Free agency begins at 6 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock p.m. Uh, here on the West Coast. And Brian Geltzeiler does a great job covering this sport. He's a host on Sirius XM NBA Radio. Follow him on Twitter. He's at Geltz NBA. Brian, it's uh, great to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for the time. We appreciate that. I want to begin, as soon as that report came out last night, that Harden was going to opt in, you know, the rumors started flying. Oh, that, that's it. He's going to be gone. He's going to be out of Philadelphia. And the number one team that came up and that was trending, it was the Clippers. Like, it feels like it was, uh, last night it was going to be inevitable for him to go to L.A. Would you say that this morning? I would not. And, and I don't think it's been inevitable at any point in time. I, I think, listen, there's a couple of facts that have to be understood here regarding James Harden and his value on the trade market. First and foremost, it's not great, guys. Right. It's, it's not, he doesn't have a lot of value out there at all. And the fact is, any thoughts of Paul George being the return are just fantasy for the Philadelphia 76ers. You know what I mean? Like, that's not going to happen. This is, in a lot of ways, even though he's in the last year of a deal, it's going to be treated as a salary dump. That's just the way it is. So when you look at the deal the Clippers would have, the Sixers have to make a major decision here. Are we going to end up wanting to take Norman Powell and Marcus Morris as our return for James Harden? And listen, they give a lot for James Harden. I know Ben Simmons has ended up flaming out, but they give up two first-round picks for him as well. So I, I think there's a lot here regarding Harden. The other team that I would look at that I continue to hear and I have heard for months that there is mutual interest is the Phoenix Suns. And just because they went and got Bradley Beal doesn't mean that they wouldn't do something here for James Harden. I think what the Suns have run into, and you saw earlier this week, the Suns said, hey, we're taking uh, DeAndre Ayton off the table. He's not on the trade market anymore. That's a leverage set. If they get the right deal for Aiton, they would. The reason that Aiton is not on the table anymore, guys, is because they didn't get the types of offers they thought they would get for Aiton. So I would not rule out the Suns just because, again, very, very strong mutual interest. Harden would love to play for the Suns. Keep in mind, with Arizona State, owns a home in Phoenix, all that. The Suns actually would like to have him. They do think they need a point guard with this group to round it out and feel like Aiton's skill set is something they could replace for a whole lot less money. How about uh, how about Portland and and the Knicks? I think Arden to the Knicks is a horrible fit. But what do you think if they could get some type of a deal done and maybe Lillard could wind up in uh, in Philly? Is there any way that could happen? I don't think that happens, guys. I think that's going to be very because the fact is with Therese Maxey, I just don't see Philly having enough to tempt Portland at all. And and the Knicks, I totally agree with you. I listen. I think for the yeah. Knicks, Leon Rose is very patient. He will kick the tires on anyone. And Harden at thirty five million is not the worst option for one year. I don't know how well he played with Brunson. But keep in mind, Randall would have to be the one that goes because ultimately it gets them out of three more years of Julius Randall. And when we saw the way Randall played in the playoffs, not that Harden is some kind of stud playoff performer, but we saw the way that Randall played in the playoffs. And with Obi Toppin there and with R.J. Barrett, who can really play some stretch for in today's NBA with his size, you know, it's it, you could see the Knicks doing something like that um, with, with it being Randall. The problem is if I'm Philly – the hell do I want with Julius Randle? I, I, that's not a guy that I would want to have sent over. So I think for the Knicks here, listen, Leon Rose will always, on any guy with star power that comes available right now with the way the Knicks are set up, he'll kick the tires on everyone. I don't think the Knicks are viable here. Okay. Now what are you hearing about the Lakers? Can they get Brown? Can they try to get Lopez? What do you think Polinka can do? 
I don't think he's getting Lopez. Uh, I do think that they're serious contenders for Bruce Brown. I think that's. I think ultimately, when you look at what they did yesterday, waving Bamba, mm-hmm. not picking up the option on Beasley, that would indicate to me that they want to make sure that they're in position to give a full mid-level to Bruce Brown, and he would fit great there. And you look, listen, they're going to bring back Russell. Um, it, it appears, and they want to be able to match on Austin Reeves. So those are the guys they've kind of committed to, saying goodbye to Bamba and Beasley. If they can replace that money with Bruce Brown, and again, I don't know how much of a raise Russell is going to get. I think Russell's mm-hmm. going to come in at less money, but that's also going to compensate for the fact that Austin Reeves is going to get a meaningful deal here. So I think for the Lakers, they kind of have their ducks in a row. Hachimura will come back, but I, I would here's I, listen. Hachimura played great in the playoffs. Yes. Just if I'm the Lakers, be careful how much money oh, you I'm with you. Hachimura. Oh, that, that's you know a great I mean? point. Like, it's just, Go bid against yourselves. You don't need to give Rui Hachimura $18, $20 million a year when 10 or 12 will do the trick because I don't know that there's more out there in the open market for him than 10 or 12. Totally agree. Brian Geltzeiler, our guest uh, host on SiriusXM NBA Radio. So then if Lopez doesn't end up with the Lakers, where do you think his uh, landing spot will ultimately be, Brian? I think he's going to be back in Milwaukee. Ooh. I, I think that I, I do. I think he's going to be back in Milwaukee. I, I will tell you this with the Bucks. It would surprise me if both Middleton and Lopez weren't back there. Just because, you know, we talk a lot about the Sixers being on the clock with Embiid, the Mavericks being on the clock with Luka. Understand that the Bucks are on the clock a little bit with Giannis here. They won one title. They have to assemble something a little bit better around him, and there's a comfort level with Middleton and Lopez. Yes, Middleton has been hurt and maybe doesn't look like the same player, mm. and ultimately giving him multiple years can take them off of the one year that he opted out of at 40, and I think that's kind of the deal they're looking at. I mean, other teams will kick the tires on Middleton, and they'll entertain things. You've heard a lot of rumblings that Sacramento's looking to make a big push for, uh, push for Middleton. But Chris mm-hmm. Middleton would be very smart, even if it meant taking a little bit less money, to stay in Milwaukee next to Giannis where he knows it works. So I like Lopez and Middleton to both stay where they are. What's the best thing you've heard from a rumor standpoint? I'm, I will tell you, I am, you know, I watched every game of the playoffs, guys. <laughs> I watched the Miami Heat do everything that they could do. All right. And I give them all the credit in the world. I like Max Struess as a player. Yeah, He wasn't great in the playoffs. Yeah. He had four yeah. or three good games and was miserable in other games. And te- you have a you know, double-digit amount of teams lining up for him. Indiana ready to give him a farm. Like, that, to me, that's the one crazy thing here. Listen, I, I just I don't know if I give Max Struess the full $12 million mid-level, and it looks like teams are going to bid above that for him. And I know there's toughness, and I know he defends, mm-hmm. and he's a streaky shooter. It's just it's very surprising for me. To see that particular player, when I thought there were times that, especially later in the playoffs, the Heat were actually better without him on the floor than they were with him on the floor. Yep. And so the teams lining up for yep. like it doesn't shock me that teams are lining up for Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown showed out, and he can help a really good team as being the kind of piece that puts you over the hump. I just don't see Max Struess as that. Okay, I agree with that too. And you were right about Harden with the what's not out. Is there anything out there for Kyrie? Does does he have any options other than Dallas? Uh, well, I mean, he's, he's going to meet with Phoenix, which, by the way, says less about Phoenix's interest in Kyrie and more about the fact that Phoenix does feel like they got to do something at point guard. I, the only thing I will tell you regarding Kyrie is, yes, listen, the Dallas, he wants in Dallas. Kyrie is more concerned with guaranteed money than years, which would pop up a red flag for me <laughs> if I was going to sign the guy. And I said it at the time, and I know I said it to you guys, Kyrie will never see a better financial deal than the one that insulted him in Brooklyn that, yep. that prompted his trade demand. He's never going to see that. The one place I would tell you to keep an eye on Kyrie, and I mentioned this earlier, that Philly is on the clock with Embiid and that the return on Harden may not be fantastic. It wouldn't surprise me to see Philly dip their toe in one form or another in the Kyrie Irving bidding oh. and see what they could do to maybe steal him and bring him there thinking that if we get Kyrie right with Embiid, this may be the move. But that, that's kind of the thing about Philly here. And this whole Harden thing shines a light on the fact that Philly's in a little bit of like Hail Mary slash desperation mode here. Yep. So I, I, the, that's a team I would certainly keep an eye on when it comes to Kyrie Irving. Besides Dallas, I don't think there are many others. Excellent spot, Brian. Yep. Thanks so much for the time today. Uh, enjoy free agency. I know it can uh, make your head spin. And have a great fourth next week, okay? 
All right, you two guys. Thanks so much. Great job. Be good. Thank you. He's on Twitter at B Gelts NBA, host on Sirius XM NBA Radio. That was an awesome spot with him. That will not go well. It's a, oh. You saw how bad it was with, with Kyrie and Boston. They are hardcore sports fans. And with his behavior, oh Philly will eat him alive. Four years ago today, Durant and Kyrie signed with the Nets. They won one playoff series in seven total playoff games. People okay. laughed at the Knicks, remember? It was a, it was uh, DeAndre, because he was the buddies, right? It was, fun. it was DeAndre, Kyrie, and Durant. And everyone laughed at the Knicks about, what are you doing to get... Well, they want a playoff series, and the okay. Knicks have a bright future. I actually feel sorry for Sixers fans if that would happen. Oh, I know. They're going to have to go. If that if that would take place, think about this for a second. In the span of, what, three or four years, they're going to go from Ben Simmons to James Harden to Kyrie Irving? That's no. That's a terrible I'm trifecta. That's not, a losing trifecta across the board. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but earlier in the week we talked about who's going to be the superstar. Who's going to be the guy who says, yes, I'm going to New York. Let's go with the Knicks. Come on. They just want a playoff series. They have Brunson. They have the pieces. Uh, you don't know these NBA guys. Maybe maybe they get nothing much from Harden, and Embiid looks and says, that's it. That's enough. Like, come yeah. on. I, I would not be trading for Carl Anthony Towns anytime soon if yeah. I'm the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. Up next, Good in-pocket point. plays, including a 40-to-1 shot for the NFL season. That's next here on Beeson. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with CallShe. Maybe you have a thought on TikTok. Will Congress ban it or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album be album of the year? What about Biden's approval rating or inflation and a whole lot more? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. $20 bonus if you go to CallShe.com slash follow the money spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. There is no guarantee of performance and an investor could lose their entire investment, including fees iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at callshe.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.